Greetings and welcome to this episode of Jots and Tittles. In this episode, we're going to be looking at a passage that is in what is known as the traditional ending of Mark. And we're going to be looking at Mark 16, verses 12 and 13. Of course, the traditional ending of Mark is Mark 16, verses 9 through 20. And in the modern era, uh, there have been questions raised in modern textual criticism about the authenticity of the traditional ending of Mark. What I want to look at, though, is Mark 16, verses 12 and 13, asking the question, is this an account of Christ's appearance to two men uh, on the way into the country? Is this a parallel to what is often called Christ's appearance uh, to the two disciples on the road to Emmaus? And this question arose because I was reading and reviewing a book uh, by a Dutch scholar named Jacob von Bruggen. And von Bruggen is a very interesting uh, writer, uh, commentator on the scriptures. I would commend his works uh, to you if you're not familiar with him. Um, he was born in 1936. I haven't quite been able to locate the precise time when he died. I think he died around 2006 or thereabouts. Um, again, he was a Dutch scholar, although many of the things that he wrote in Dutch were then translated uh, into English. There's one really well-known uh, little booklet, really, that I would recommend to anyone who's interested in the issue of the text of Scripture. It's titled The Ancient Text of the New Testament, and this was published, I think, around 1976. It's only about 40, 50 pages in length, and it's well worth reading. Uh, von Bruggen was a defender of the traditional text. Perhaps he had a bit more of a majority text uh, type of advocacy, but uh, he definitely defended, was a defender of the traditional text over against the modern critical text. Um, th this book that I just mentioned that uh, I was reading and reviewing is titled Christ on Earth, the Gospel Narratives as History. And I was reading this because I'm preparing for doing some teaching this semester, uh, both on the Gospels and the survey of the New Testament class. And uh, I was looking at this again to, to sort of glean some information now, this book was uh, one of those ones, as I mentioned, that was originally written in Dutch in 1987, and then it was translated in 1998 and published by uh, Baker. And um, I think it's out of print, but you can get uh, copies, used copies of it online. And it's well worth uh, reading because von Bruggen, not only did he have a traditional approach to the text of Scripture, he had a traditional approach to the interpretation of scripture. And so it upheld traditional views like the traditional views on authorship and dating and the historicity of the gospels, uh, et cetera. And this is a fascinating review of the narratives of the gospels because he, one of the things he's trying to do it while he upholds the authenticity and historicity of the text of scripture, he's trying to harmonize uh, the gospels uh, with each other. And there's an interesting uh, parallel book to this one that's also published by Baker that's titled Jesus, the Son of God, the Gospel Narratives as Message. 
that was published in 1999, also by Baker. And that one uh, is also well worth reading. Um, so what did uh, von Bruggen have to say about Mark 16, verses 12 through 13? Uh, and I, I was intrigued by something he said about that passage uh, in the book Christ on Earth. And so again, just to refresh your memory, in Mark 16, 9 through 20, you've got the traditional ending of the Gospel of Mark. And in verses 12 and 13, there is an account of Christ's appearance. Here's the way it reads in the authorized version. After that, he appeared in another form unto two of them as they walked and went into the country. And they went and told it unto the residue, neither believed they them. So it's this account of Christ appearing to two disciples in another form as they walked into the country, and then they went and told it to the residue, the remaining apostles, uh, without Judas Iscariot, who had betrayed Christ, but they did not believe their report. And uh, I've always understood that to be, I think, as probably most other interpreters have, to be a parallel passage to the account in Luke chapter 24 of Christ's appearance to the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. It's one of the uh, unique aspects of Luke's resurrection appearance narratives. There's a, this extended account in Luke 24, beginning in verse 13 and stretching all the way through verse 35, where Christ appears to these two men. And we even have one of the two men who is named in Luke 24, 18, and one of them whose name was Cleopas, uh, answering, said unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem and hast not known the things which are come to pass there in these days? Um, Mark doesn't have a mention of, of the names of the two men to whom Christ um, appeared. So um, anyways, what I was struck by in von Bruggen's book are his comments about the appearance. And he has a section in this book it's found on pages 284 to 286, where he sketches what he calls appearances in response to unbelief. So a series of appearances of Christ, resurrection appearances uh, in the context of unbelief. And he lists, let's see, some uh, six of these. The first is the appearance to Mary Magdalene uh, that is uh, recorded in, in Mark and Matthew and John, and especially in John. And then the second is this passage in Mark 16, 12, and 13. The third is uh, an appearance to Simon Peter. Um, the fourth is an appearance to on the road to Emmaus. Again, he sees them as two different things. The fifth is to the unbelieving disciples on the first day of the week. That is his appearance to the eleven. Uh, as in Mark 16, Luke 24, and John 20. And then sixthly, the appearance to Thomas in Jerusalem. So he groups these together as appearances uh, in, the, in response to unbelief. But again, he sees Mark 16, 12 through 13 as not recording the same thing as Luke 24, 13 through 35. This is what he says about, about Mark 16, 12, and 13. 
He says, the second appearance is to two men walking in the country, Mark 16, 12, and 13. They had walked through the open country on their way to a field. Jesus appears to them in a different form, but their report is met with incredulity like that of the women. These two unknown disciples are often incorrectly equated with the travelers to Emmaus. The latter travel purposefully toward a village, not a field, and it cannot be described as a walk in the country. In addition, the travelers to Emmaus find a quite different situation when they return to Jerusalem. The Lord had already appeared to Simon Peter, Luke 24, 34, whereas the two unknown disciples return with their report earlier in the day and are met with unbelief, Mark 16, verse 13. So he sees this, these two men coming to the disciples earlier in the day um, and the disciples on the road to Emmaus coming later in the day. And so he sees these as two uh, different appearances. And he seems to emphasize what he thinks is a contrast, basically related to two things. First of all, the destination. He says in Mark 16, 12, it says they were going into the country, as the authorized version reads. In the um, original Greek, it's a prepositional phrase, eis agron. Uh, could be literally into a field, uh, but that's also a, an idiom for going into the country. Whereas in Luke 24, 13, it says the two disciples were going to a village, which was called Emmaus. And it uses a prepositional phrase, ice komein, into a village. So he sees this as meaning these are two different accounts. The second uh, major difference he sees, I think, is related to their their return and reporting to the disciples. Um, he sees these two things as not being in harmony with one another. Uh, he says the Lord uh, had already appeared to Simon in Luke's account. So when the two disciples on the road to Emmaus, Cleopas and the unnamed disciple, and they come back, they're told by the disciples the Lord has appeared to Simon. And um, he thinks that the appearance uh, in Mark's account, Mark 12, Mark 16, 12, 13, is an earlier event. And then secondly, uh, he focuses on the fact, according to Mark 16, 13, that the report of the two men to whom Christ appears is met with unbelief. And uh, he points out that that's not mentioned uh, in Luke's account of the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. So if you look at Luke 24, for example, verses 33 through 35, it says, and they rose up at that same hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the 11 gathered together and them that were with them saying, the Lord is risen indeed and hath appeared to Simon. It's the 11 C that are saying to the two disciples, Cleopas and the other disciple, the Lord is risen and hath appeared to Simon. Verse 35, and they now referring back to uh, Cleopas and the other disciple, and they told what things were done in the way and how he was known of them in the break in breaking of bread. And he says that doesn't match up with Mark 16, 13. And they, when they had heard that he was alive and had seen, uh, oh, sorry, verse 13, and they went and told it unto the residue, neither believed they them. So he sees this, this is, is incongruous. So what's my response to this? Um, I have to tell you, I was not 
completely convinced by von Bruggen's uh, argument. Um, I, I think it's a very clever um, um, interpretation, but I'm not convinced by it. And just to respond to his two major uh, uh, arguments about this, I would say, first of all, that the two phrases, the Markin phrase about the two men going into the country and the Lucan phrase about the two disciples going to a village, I think those terms can be reconciled. Uh, Luke, in fact, in his account, stresses the distance from Jerusalem to Emmaus. And so if we're looking again at Luke 24, and we look at verse 13, it says, And behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem, about three score furlongs. That's the authorized version, about 60 furlongs. Uh, in the original Greek, it says about 60 um, uh, stadia. Uh, a stadia would be, um, according to at least one dictionary I looked at, about one-eighth of a Roman mile. In the New King James Version, they render the 60 furlongs or the 60 stadia as about seven miles. And so um, whether you're traveling uh, into the country, you're traveling from Jerusalem to a village, there's going to be a passageway uh, through the countryside to get there. And so I don't see this as a huge contradiction between the Markan account uh, and the Lucan account. Um, the second thing he, he stresses is the, uh, the absence of a mention of unbelief in Luke's account and the stress on that in Mark's account. And again, I don't think this is an insurmountable objection. Um, it's also not an insurmountable objection that according to Luke's account, the disciples report that Christ had appeared unto Peter. Uh, even after the resurrection appearances to disciples, uh, we have other evidences of there being unbelief being expressed. I was thinking about in Matthew 28, verse 17, when Matthew reports Christ's appearance to the disciples in, on the mountain in Galilee, it famously says there, but some doubted. Uh, so um, it's not surprising to me that Luke doesn't mention unbelief and Mark does mention it because unbelief is such a strong theme that Mark, under the direction of the Holy Spirit, is stressing in his narrative account. Um, so again, I don't think that, uh, that, that Mark's account and Luke's account are in conflict with one another. And I think it's more likely that they are describing the same event. And I, I think there's, there are some, uh, reasons to uh, suggest that's the more plausible explanation. Uh, first of all, an appearance of Christ to two men in a remote area. Uh, that seems to be the same basic thing. And uh, I would also mention that in Mark's account, in Mark 16, 12, when it says that Christ appeared to them in another form, uh, in Greek, in heteromorphe, I know I heard James White say, that's just weird, that's strange. No, that's talking about Christ appearing in his resurrection body. That's the new form or another form, not his 
pre-resurrection body, but his resurrection body. And there's also the theme, I think, that's inherent in that of the disciples not immediately recognizing him. There's not an extended description of that in Mark's account. But I think the mention of Christ appearing to them in another form is an allusion to their initial inability to recognize him. And that uh, fits with the, the Lucan account where it, where it says in Luke 24, 16, but their eyes were holden that they should not know him. Um, so I'm not, I'm not on board with Jacob von Bruggen's interpretation, although I really appreciate um, his analysis and his viewpoint, and particularly his upholding a traditional view uh, on uh, the historicity of the Gospels. I, I was just thinking about if, however, Jacob von Bruggen were correct, and Mark 16, 12 through 13 is an independent report, report of a resurrection appearance that's not paralleled in the other Gospels, um, it would be an interesting point. And it would be a point, I think, in favor of the originality and authenticity of Mark 16, 9 through 20. And perhaps that was the part of the reason that motivated him to see this distinction, because he did uphold uh, the authenticity, originality of Mark 16, 9 through 20. Uh, if, if, it, if it is an independent account of another resurrection appearances, then uh, again, it would be something that would be unique to Mark's account. And see, what usually happens with the modern scholars, the modern text critics, is they want to dismiss Mark 16, 12 through 13 as simply a pastiche that whoever the author of this was just drew from other gospels and just put some disparate material together. So they'll say, for example, that 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 uh, Christ recorded words in Mark 16, 15, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, was simply taken from Matthew 28, 19, and 20. And it, Mark 16, uh, 12, and 13 was just pieced together from Luke 24, 13 through 35. And so whoever the author was, they don't think it's Mark, just pulled together some pieces, some threads from the other gospels and put them together. But if von Bruggen is right, then, then Mark 16, 12 through 13 is not being pulled out of Luke. It's, it's an independent report that's not reported in the other Gospels. And uh, another point that would be in defense of his position, again, even though I don't agree with it if, it, if he's right about this, and Mark 16, 12 through 13 is an independent report, um, then it would mean that each one of the canonical Gospels would have at least one resurrection appearance narrative that is unique to it. So in Matthew's gospel, the account beginning in Matthew 28, 16 of Christ's appearance to the 11 at a mountain in Galilee, that's not paralleled in Mark, Luke, or John. In Mark, it would be Mark 16, 12 through 13, the appearance of these two men going out into the country. In Luke, it would be uh, the uh, appearance to the two disciples, Cleopas and the unnamed disciple on the road to Emmaus, if it's not the same as Mark 16, 12, 13. And in John, it would be John 21. It would be Christ's appearance to the seven disciples uh, by the Sea of Tiberias. 
So it's an intriguing suggestion by Von Bruggen, but I'm not convinced by it. I think Mark 16, 12 through 13 is Mark's independent account of what Luke recorded in Luke 16, 13 through 35. I think it was uh, something that was part of the apostolic tradition because it actually happened. And I think that Luke simply was led by the Holy Spirit to give an, a, a, an expanded uh, description, a more detailed description to emphasize the things that were important to him, to emphasize as he was directed by the Spirit, whereas Mark, uh, the abbreviator, had a much shorter description, and he's able to emphasize the things that were important to him, particularly the response of unbelief with which the report of these two disciples on the way into the country met with from the 11. Well, anyways, I hope that this little, I guess we could call a little Bible study uh, on Mark 16, 12, and 13 has been helpful and interesting to those who are listening. I'll look forward to speaking to you in the next episode of Jots and Tittles or Word Magazine or in some other form uh, on this YouTube channel next time. Till then, take care and may the Lord richly bless you.